0: I love stories, and one story that I've picked up on recently is the story of this young man who has a lizard sitting on his shoulder. And this lizard is sitting on his shoulder, and it represents the indwelling sin in the life of you, me, of all of us. And this lizard is constantly uh, leading this young man to, to sin. He's tempting him, he's enticing him, and he's continually, every single day of the week, this lizard on the shoulder of this young man is trying to get him to to, to give in to sin, and, and and what he does is he raises the ante, he, he kind of raises the stakes, and raise, as he begin, as the son begins to give in to sin, he raises the level, and as the sin as the son young boy begins to do those sins, uh, this this uh, this uh, lizard on the shoulder is just becomes more vocal in his life. And he begins to realize, the young man, what's going on, because an angel comes on the scene. And an angel comes on the scene and says to this young man, I'm gonna, I can take care. I can get rid of this uh, lizard that's on your shoulder. Well, the young boy, young guy, he's all excited. He says, really, you can get rid of him? I'm ready to get rid of him. And so he's really excited for a moment, and then all of a sudden it dawns on him what this angel is going to do. Because what this angel is going to do is going to kill the lizard. The angel is going to kill the sin in this boy's life, and so he starts to negotiate with uh, with the angel and say, "Oh no, surely don't. You don't have to do that. I mean, j- maybe just give him a warning. Maybe just, uh, no, don't don't kill him. Don't hurt him." He says to the angel, and the angel is gonna do it. And the young man, as Lewis describes, the lizard says to the young man, because the lizard comes to realize what the angel's gonna do, and, and here's what he says. I, I can't say it any better than what C.S. Lewis says. It quote, he says to the young man the lizard on the shoulder, he says, Be careful, he can do what he says. He can kill me, one fatal word from you, and he will. Then you'll be without me forever and ever. It's not natural. How could you live? You'll only be a sort of ghost. Not a real man, as you know now. He doesn't understand. He's only a cold, bloodless, abstract thing. It may be natural for him, but it's not natural for us. I know there's no real pleasures, only dreams, but aren't they better than nothing? I'll be so good. I admit, this is is the lizard, I admit I've gone too far in the past, but I promise I won't do it again. I'll give you nothing but really nice dreams, all sweet and fresh and almost innocent. I read that story, and those words stuck in my heart, my soul, so much so because I identify with that story. And if you're here today, I think all of us can relate to this story. No, we don't have a red lizard sitting on our shoulder, but I know what it's like to play the game. How many of you know what I'm talking about? To play the dangerous game as a believer in Jesus Christ of trying to straddle two fences, i got one foot in the world and one foot in the Bible, in the Word of God, in Christ. I know what that's like. I've had those times in my life. How about you? I think we all have had those times. And Ephesians 1 tells us about that. I, I know who, who it is that I've been made. The Bible tells me who I've been made in Christ. But I know who I used to be. I used to be, as the Bible says, a zombie. That's what Paul says about us before Jesus. I used to be a zombie. I was a walking dead person. I was dead in my sin. I was dead in my trespasses of my sin. Now in Christ Jesus, I no longer have to deal with that. I no longer have my identity, my hope, my purpose, the world I live in, is not in my sin. Amen? Can I get an amen? I know I've been set free. But as I said, I know some of us identify with that along with me. And I'm not the only one who lives with a lizard on his shoulder. I think most of us live with a lizard on not literally on our shoulders the lizard representing the indwelling sin in our lives that says to us oh you know go to work today and it's okay if you pretend to be a believer some sins in our lives are so close we've become so comfortable with them (laughs) i'll name some of them later but We all got those sins in our lives as believers that we get comfortable with. They're so close to us and so easy to say, I don't want to give them up. I don't want to give them up. That's exactly what Paul addresses here in Ephesians 4. This is the issue he addresses of knowing who we've been created to be, but we struggle with the old self. We struggle with the old self. And Paul puts a spin on the lizard on the shoulder story. He puts a different spin on it. He calls it, it's like changing clothes. Like changing clothes. That you and I have been been given a new set of clothes in Jesus Christ. No longer the old outfit that we used to wear. A new one that we're supposed to walk in. Raised from death to life. Now we're in Jesus. We're walking out of the tomb. (laughs) Amen. Just like Lazarus with fresh new clothes on. And we ought to walk in the newness of life. I want you to keep in mind that the new clothes that God's given you to wear to replace the old life, the old clothes, you can't generate those, the new clothes. You can't create them. They are a gift from God. Amen. The new clothes that Paul's going to describe for us after he describes the old life that's true of your life before Jesus and my life before Jesus, you can't generate the new clothes. They are a gift from God. They come from him. And so we must understand that as we continue here. But Paul... It's like confused. He's look he's talking to these believers at the church in Ephesus and he's confused. And why why you've been given a new set of clothes? Why would you continue to go back and put old old grave clothes? Because that's what they're doing. They're dead, you're dead. You were dead in your sin before Jesus came into your heart. I was dead before sin came in my sin before Jesus came into my heart. These believers were dead in their sin, and now they're going back to those old grave clothes. They've received a new set of clothes from God, and they're going back to old grave clothes, to the old outfit. And he's like, I don't understand. Why? Why keep returning to these old nasty, smelly, rotten grave clothes? But you know what? we got believers today that do the very same thing. Amen? You've been given a new set of clothes. God's given you that. And yet we go back to the old life, we go back to the old sins in our life because they have become comfortable to us. And we're walking around with the old grave clothes still on our life. Wow. What Paul is saying is ridiculous, is it not? Think about it. It's insane. And think about it if Lazarus. <laughs> if Lazarus came out of the tomb, you know the story. If he'd come out of the tomb, he said, Oh, y'all having a party. Oh, I see you got some snacks, man. Y'all are celebrating. Okay, I think I'll go back in the tomb. Now, how insane is that? But that's what we do. That's exactly what we do. And so that's what Paul's wanting to help the believers understand about the clothes, the changing of clothes, the old clothes, the old wardrobe replaced with new wardrobe, new clothes that God gives us. We've been set free, folks, amen, from the grave clothes of sin. But we have a hard time saying goodbye to them. And so what do we do? We put them in our closet. We hold on to them those sins that we uh, had going on in our lives again that we kind of liked them you know they kind of we kind of felt good with them and we were comfortable around them and and so we hang on to them and we put them in the closet bring them out from time to time again they're familiar to us it's what we know best and then we come to verse 17 look at verse 17 then we come to verse 17 and Paul gives us a strong warning about The old life, the old clothes that we had on before Jesus. Look what he says. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. He's basically saying to these believers in the church, this is no joke. This is no laughing matter. This is serious stuff. I mean, in in fact, the word testify, martyreo, It means i insist i protest i affirm that you must no longer walk as the gentiles do in the futility of their mind paul gives them this strong warning he says it's a game that we don't need to be playing and he's saying to them it's not a suggestion for you church it's something you can have your toe in over here in sin it's It's not like that. That's not the way you're supposed to be. And then you come to church, and what do you do? You put the sin away for a moment at church, and you shine up your halo. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you do it. you still got sin in your life. you still got this one sin, and maybe just one sin that just keeps eating at you. It keeps coming back time and time again. It's because you've not gotten rid of the old grave clothes in your life we all have that battle we all have that struggle it is not a one-time thing it is the rest of your life we're going to struggle with that but Paul's going to help us with that so let's look at it so that's what's going on before Jesus and he says to these believers he says you better stop it now and he's looking at church members like you and me, and he says, you want to keep this sin over on the side, and you want to dabble with it from time to time? Maybe it's gossip. <laughs> maybe it's lying. Maybe it's cheating on income taxes getting ready to come up. <laughs> you with me? Or maybe it's pretending to be a Christian not be a Christian at work or at school and he's saying you got to stop that you can't do that it's going to kill you is what basically Paul is saying to these believers and he says I again insist I protest alive people shouldn't be acting like dead people is what he says to them hey amen And then he says, found people shouldn't be acting like they're lost. And then he goes on, and I think he's saying to those that can see that you've been, you know, Jesus, when he comes into our life, he opens up our eyes where we're able to see. And he's saying to these believers, now that you can see, you ought to not not be stumbling around in the dark, pretending to be blind. You ought not to be saved people. Imitating unsaved people whoa well, now I'm stepping on some toes that's our old wardrobe that's you took off you ought to burn it describes here maybe the reminder that some of us we've been believers so long that we've forgotten about the old grave clothes that we used to wear the old life that we used to have and we and your life was out without Jesus, he says, there was vain and full of hollow thinking. Did you see that in verse seventeen? Look at look what it says next. Verse eighteen. He says, Darkened and darkened in, are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, due to their hardness of heart. He says a couple things there we need to be reminded of, folks. Of the old grave clothes that we tend to go back to, we we tend to pull them out of the closet and put them on. He says, "Listen, to me, listen, listen, believers! There was a time in your life when you were darkened in your understanding before Jesus got brought light to you, brought truth to you." He's saying, he's saying to them, "I'm not talking about being intellectually ignorant. I'm talking about there was a time when you were spiritually ignorant before Jesus. What do dead people know?" what do dead people do before jesus nothing is what he's wanting you to see here nothing no what they do is a dead person dead spiritually who we are before jesus they follow the way of the world and if the way of the world is sinful then that's all they know and so what he's saying is they're ignorant of life our life before jesus the old life the old grave clothes was that of ignorance of life it was ignorance of Jesus it was ignorance of the father it was ignorance of freedom it was ignorance of for, ignorance ignorant of forgiveness it was ignorance of hope of your identity but then your eyes are opened through Jesus and you're no longer ignorant amen you have understanding. Again, I mean, for the first time, not again. Why would you go back and play dumb? That's what Paul's asking you today. Why would you go back and dabble with stuff of your old life, those old grave clothes, old sins, old habits? Why would you go back and play dumb when you've been given new life, new clothes in Christ Jesus? It's ridiculous. Basically, what he's saying to us. I think of the best illustration is the elephant, the baby elephant. With this, you know, the circus, what they do with elephants when they're born, baby elephants. They'll right away drive a stake, you know, about two feet, three feet down in the ground, and they attach a chain to that stake and to the foot of that elephant, with a clasp around his his foot, and about about ten feet, I think it is, on the on the average. And, and and so the elephant all he can do is this. All he can do is walk around that radius. That's as far that's all he knows. He's walking around that radius. And even when he becomes an adult, doesn't change. That doesn't change for the adult elephant. And guess what? The adult elephant, if he knew that he could break the chain, he would. But he doesn't know anything different because that's all that he was all he did even as an adult he continues to walk in a circle the whole time the same is true for you and me when it comes to the old life and the new life we can be like a baby elephant amen He's got the power of that elephant, but he doesn't use it. He chooses what to be in bondage, not because he wants to be in bondage. Hear me, this is true for us, because he just doesn't know anything different. I mean, if he knew, he would take the option for freedom. And how ridiculous it is when we think about us as believers to be people who are bound for hell. We are dead in our sin. We were enemies of God. We were, we were uh, children of wrath, the Scripture says, separated from God, headed for His wrath and judgment, hopeless as you possibly can be. But, I love chapter 2 of Ephesians, but God, amen, but God, in his, because of His great love for you and me, sent His one and only Son to set us free from that so that we could have eternal life and because of that we've been given knowledge we've been given truth yet we walk what do we do we choose to walk in a circle so many believers choose to walk in that circle and paul says it doesn't make any sense it's, it's, it's ridiculous it's insane and then he talks about the pieces of clothing, of the old life, the old wardrobe. First of all, verse 18, it says, hardened hearts. You, were, you have hardened hearts. That Greek word is purest. You know what it means? It means it's not just, just hard. It's hard like a stone. Actually, more than marble. He's talking about your hearts were like that before Jesus. He's talking about your old wardrobe before Jesus. It was complete, I love this, it was complete with aggressive stubbornness. (laughs) Aggressive stubbornness, in spite of the truth that was right in front of your eyes. The truth was right there, and you were like, no way, Jose, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to walk in that truth. I'm not going to do that truth. I'm not going to live that truth. That's what sin does for us. Aggressively stubborn to Jesus. Another part of the close, look at verse 19. He says, when you have a sore, he talks about callous. We become callous. Think about a sore on your hand or, or on your arm. What happens? Callous over time. What happens? It becomes, you don't hurt anymore. That wound gets calloused over, right? And it doesn't hurt anymore. There's no more conviction. In other words, Paul is wanting you to to see. In other words, we can be so inundated with the way of sin, the world of sin, that not only does it not affect us, oh, here it is, we don't even call it sin anymore. You ever notice that? We've even in the church toned down what we call sin. Lies we call fibs instead of calling them what they are, sin. Anger. Instead of calling it sin. There's an epidemic in the church called divorce. It's not right, yet we don't do anything about it. We don't call it sin. Gossip. We don't do anything about it. We don't call it what it is. Sin. Why? Because we have the tendency to go and put on the old grave clothes. Those things are part of the old life that Paul's saying you got to get rid of. Amen. You got to get rid of those things. That's the old life. That's the old grave clothes. So callous. What does it mean when your heart is callous to sin? It means you, you get used to the sin it's giving sin to become normal in your life, where it's just kind of it's just accepted in your life and because it's so much a part of who you are. Even outrageous, reckless sin in our lives. I think of men and, and women too with pornography. That becomes in so many men and women's lives an outrageous, reckless sin. And I'm talking believers. There's more of a problem with pornography inside the church than outside the church with unbelievers. Can I get an amen? It's true. Go look it up. Go read. And so the, even, even with, the, even with uh, this reckless sin in our lives, we, we revert back to our old life, to, our, to wearing the old grave clothes. Look what he says there. They have become callous. He's talking about the believers and giving themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind. I don't want to give up my greediness. I like being greedy. I like money, for example. That's the old grave clothes talking. That's the lizard on the shoulder, the indwelling sin in our lives speaking. I don't. I don't want to give my time to the Lord. I don't want to give my time to the church. That's the lizard, the indwelling sin, speaking, in our lives. And all other kinds, as 19 says, impurity, we won't go into that because your mind is already running ahead with that, I'm sure. But what does it say? It's, and I know this sounds extreme What do because this is what we do. And I know it's not everybody, but it's, for mo, it's most of us and certainly not the, the unbelievers, but what do we do with all this sin that's become normal in our lives we come to church and we, we we put it over here on the shelf and then we go and worship jesus as if that's not in our lives but then we walk out the door and it's we pick it back up because we've not taken off the old clothes the old wardrobe I know it sounds extreme. Paul, I'm sure the believers there in that church were saying, Paul, wait a minute, this sounds so extreme. I don't fit that mold, but society, listen to me today. Today, society provides what you and I can, can can come to realize. It creates for us, provides for us the opportunity to go back and live in the old clothes. It's constantly there to pull us back but you've been given new clothes verse 20 look at it it's ridiculous to hold on to the old grave clothes he says and then he goes on to say because you've been given new clothes verse 20 look what he says but this is not the way you learned Christ do you notice something there it doesn't say learned about Christ there's a purpose there you can have all the knowledge about Jesus amen you can know intellectually everything there is to know about Jesus, but what is he talking about? He says, "You've, le- you've not, it's not the way you learned Christ. How did you learn Christ? He's talking about you learned Christ by Christ being in you. <laughs> he's talking about you having a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what he's talking about there. You learned in Christ. Verse 21, assuming that you've heard about him, and if you grew up in church, you have. And we're taught in Him. You have if you've been to small groups, to Sunday school. As the truth is, where? In Jesus. So, He helps us to understand. Was the, what was the truth that I was taught? You got to ask that question when you come to this verse. Paul urges us when you first come to try Christ, the truth happens in three ways. When you come to Christ, three things and it's almost for the rest of your life, it's almost simultaneous effect these three things. Number one, verse 22, look what Paul says in 22. he says, to put off the old self, you want to put on new wardrobe, Here's what you do. You put off the old garments that you used to walk in, and you do that every day of your life. You have to do it every day of your life. I have to do it every day of my life is what Paul's wanting us to see. Put off those old garments. You have to put them off. Colossians 3, 9 and 10, Paul said it this way. You have to put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self being renewed in the knowledge of your creator he says when we come to know Christ this has already happened the moment you come to know Christ you've been given a new set of clothes Amen. a new set of clothes and it needs to be repeated taking off the old set of clothes every single day is what Paul is saying what God is saying through Paul to us today every single day both at the same time you gotta take off the old and put on the new every single day and it needs to be repeated again every single day both at the same time you see he's saying you're not dead anymore believers so every single day wear take the grave clothes off and wear the new clothes <laughs> Amen. wear the new ones and then we have the term justification at the moment, big word church word, but at the moment I've come to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior What is what happens, what happens in your life I am now justified I am now holy I am now pure I am now righteous why? because of anything I did, no not anything you do to get to all those things because of who? Because of Jesus, his blood. He died on the cross to take my sins away so that what? Here's the beauty of that. So that I can stand before God one day, which we all will do. I can stand before God one day, and God's going to look at David and say, Yeah, you are righteous. You are just. You are holy. That's why. That's why you need to put on the new clothes and keep putting them on and keep taking off the old grave clothes every single day because the second thing about the process is this one day we're going to stand face to face with Jesus and my words we're going to be we're going to have to give account for our words our actions our life and the process of that that is going to be we're going to stand before Jesus with is sanctification and that's just a big word to say while you're on earth God is about setting you apart for his purpose. And he's about making you become more like who? Like Jesus Christ. That's what sanctification is. It's what Paul is encouraging. Hey, believers, join the Holy Spirit. He's at work in you. Holy Spirit came into your life when you invited Jesus to come in and forgive you your sins. You put your faith in him. And what he did through his blood, and that moment, the Holy Spirit began to work in you, killing sin. But you got to come alongside the Holy Spirit and want to kill the sin, want to put it to death. Holy Spirit reminds us often, does in my life, that's not who you are anymore. Every day is an opportunity, folks, to put off the old clothes. And then why? Because one day, the third thing, we're going to know they're going to have glorification. When we get to heaven, what's going to happen? We know when we get to heaven, the word glorification is coming. That moment's going to come when literally we're going to be in the presence of the king. We're going to be in the presence of his glory. Wow. So what do we need to do? Rinse, lather, repeat. Rinse, lather, repeat. We've got to do that every single day. Don't just give in because the world says it's the thing to do. It's who you are. I get so upset when people say, "Well, that's just the way I am. No, it's not. I hear believers say that. It's just the way she is. Talking about another believer who's got a problem with an addiction, got a problem with anger, got a problem with gossip, got a problem with hatred. I, they say That's just the way they are. That's the way they were raised. No, no, no. Paul says... You have been given new clothes, but you got to take off the old. That's old. Those are part of the old clothes. God says you got to get rid of them, you got to kill them. It's a daily thing, along with the Holy Spirit. Don't let the lizard talk to you. That indwelling sin in your life in my life, there's no perfect Christian. I'm all, let me just say that in case some Christian out there thinks, well, I, I got Jesus, so I don't have sin in my life anymore. Bah humbug. That is a lie from the pits of hell. And if you believe that, you're believing a lie from the enemy. He wants you to believe that. We struggle with sin Every single day we're on this planet as believers. And Paul's saying, There's no reason that you can't have victory over that. But the problem is, you want to go back and get those old grave clothes out and put them on instead of killing them, putting them to death, he's saying there. He's basically saying, You got to kill it, you got to keep fighting pride in your life. I don't know a man on the planet that doesn't struggle with pride, including Dave. But you got to keep killing the pride. You got to keep killing unforgiveness. You got to keep killing hatred. You got to keep killing gossip. You got to keep killing bitterness. You got to keep killing addictions and put it off every day. Number two. What do we do? We put off the old, but number two, look at verse 23, look what he says. And to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. We looked at that last week, so I'll just remind you. The only way to break free from these things, the old grave clothes, the old sins that still creep up into our lives, we still allow them to take hold in our lives. The only way, we got to know the truth. Not what Facebook says is the truth. Or TikTok says is the truth. <laughs> Don't get me off on TikTok. That's a bad thing. Not what the world says is truth, but what is truth? Truth as we find it in whom? In Jesus Christ and in the Word of God. For the Word of God is the truth. There's no substitute for the Word of God in our world today. And so he's saying you got to renew your mind, and you know how you do that. You know how I do it, and I just encourage you to do it because it works. Get in front of a mirror and preach the gospel to yourself. You ever tried that? When that old life pre- creeps up, comes up, and it wants to wants to take hold of my life, I, I'm reminded I gotta I gotta be reminded of who I am in Christ. <laughs> who I am in in Christ. You look in the mirror and you preach the gospel. I am. I am according to the word of God. I am holy. I am God's prized possession, it says in Peter. I am a royal priesthood. I am righteous. I am just. You see, when God looks at us, when Jesus looks at us at judgment, you know what? He doesn't see the law that you you, uh, disobeyed. He doesn't see the sins that you committed. You know what Jesus sees when he looks at you at the... When y'all get there, when I get there, I know the word tells us when we stand before Jesus, he's going to look at us and he's not going to see any of that. He's going to see Dave's righteous, Dave's holy, Dave's pure. Same thing for you and everyone here today. Amen? Through Jesus Christ, through himself. That's how he's going to view you. But he understands we got a problem. we gotta, we got to deal with a struggle. And we got to renew our minds. And we got to wear it. You know, basically, the third thing, uh, and how do I, well, let me go back. Put it on the new self. To do that, you've got to renew your mind. Well, how do you renew your mind? Last week, just a reminder, how do you renew your mind? You've got to live the Word of God. Well, how are you going to live the Word of God if you don't know the Word of God? So how do we know the Word of God? How do we know this Bible that some of us, we only pull out on Sunday and bring it to church with us? How do we know the Word of God? We got we to be in this. We got to spend time in this every single day. Or otherwise, the old grave clothes are going to keep coming back, giving us heck, giving us problems. That's how you put on the new self through the renewing of your mind. And that's the third thing. Quickly, look what he says there in verse 24. I love it. He says, And to put on the new self created new clothes created after the likeness of God wow in true righteousness and holiness he says I love that he says we receive an old self when we're born into this world amen we got the old self when we're born in this world but when we're born again we get a new self amen we get a new set of clothes wow and he says You don't create it. It's a new outfit that's been given to you by God, your Father in heaven. What's my job? It's to wear it. Just wear it. That's what he's saying to these believers. Wear it. How do you wear it? Wear it, number one, for yourselves. You need to be reminded yourself that you've been given new clothes in Christ. I might go another hour, so stop looking at your watches. Because this is too important. And it's too much of a struggle that a lot of believers, including in our church, have. Because I see it as your pastor. I even struggle with it. I'm not immune to it. I struggle with it. Again, there's no perfect Christian. and no Christian that's arrived. No such thing as you've, that's a lie of the enemy. Oh, I've arrived. I know all I need to know about Jesus. I know all I need to know about life in Jesus. I know all I need to know about walking in Jesus. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Amen. You never know all you need to know. All God wants you to know. He's going to continue to reveal things out of his word. And as you spend time in prayer with your heavenly father. But I love this. We wear it. We kill sin. We don't continue to walk in it. We wear it. Be who you were created to be. That's how you're different in the world. You be different. You be different to a lost and dying world so that as they look at you, as they watch you and me, hopefully they see Jesus at work in your life. Amen? And they look at your life. They look at your clothes. They look at what comes out of your mouth. They look at where you spend your money. They look at where you spend your time. What do they see? Do they see Dave or do they see Jesus? That's the key question. Do they see the clothes that look just like the world's clothes or do they see something different? You see, the reason why we are different is because we are different. I want to give you an opportunity to respond this morning for the word to what God has said I know that there's some of us here today that you're straddling the fence when it comes to your old life and your new life and I know the Holy Spirit's already brought to your heart something in your life, a sin in your life that you just keep dealing with out of your old life. And I'm believing that today God wants you to Put off that old life. Amen? Those, uh, that old sin, get rid of it. Kill it once and for all. I know there's others here today. Maybe there's someone here today. You're like, I, Brother Dave, I, I don't even know who Jesus is. I I, I want the new clothes. I, I, I understand the old life you're talking about. I understand the old sins that are still can be a part of my life those grave clothes I can keep putting them on and putting them on and I'm doing